Hey there, welcome to Multi-Passionate Productivity. I am your host, Jennifer Blanchard. I am a super, super multi-passionate writer, artist, entrepreneur, creator, and I am going to share with you all of my secrets to how I manage to keep all of this stuff in my life, actually get stuff done, actually finish things, actually get them out into the world, and to continue adding in new passions and interests as I go along. This is something that I have have had just brewing inside me for such a long time now, and I'm very excited to finally get the chance to share it with you. So here we go. I'm going to walk you through everything in this workbook, and then you have the opportunity to take notes, write things down, try stuff out, whatever you need to do. This is your workbook. This is your training to help you take the passions, the interest, the hobbies, the things you'd like to get paid for, all of the stuff you want to be doing on a daily or weekly basis, and actually incorporating them into your life in a way that feels great, that's easy, that makes it so that you can still handle everything else you have to do. And at the end of the day, you can go to bed feeling like you got to be the person you really are, which is this multi-passionate, exciting, fun artist, entrepreneur, writer, creator, etc. So here we go. The very first thing that I want to cover with you is the principles of being multi-passionate. So these are three principles that I've created for myself that I've learned through mentors and just working with um, coaches and just trying this stuff out on my own over the years. And these are the three principles that I live my life by now that help me to incorporate all the stuff that I want to be doing on a daily basis into my life um, and still get stuff done. So these are the most important things you could ever do for your creative life. And if you only took these three things away from this book and this training, it would be a life changer and a game changer for you in your creativity, in your writing life or your creative life, whatever it is you're doing. So the first guideline is first things first. Now, what this means is you figure out what it is you want to be doing every day, the the passions, the interests, the hobbies, the things you'd like to have incorporated into your day. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in the coming sections. But you take that stuff and you do it first thing in the morning before you do anything else. Or if you're not able to do it first thing in the morning because you have a day job or something like that, then you do it first thing in the evening when you are ready to sit down and do your side hustle stuff. So the stuff that you're going to do, you know, when you have the time each night, this is what you're going to do first is going to be the most important things, the things that you know have to get done every day or that you want to have done every day. So for me, that means my writing. So my writing is always something that gets done first thing in the morning before I do anything else. Now, there are rare occasions where that doesn't happen. And so then I'll do it at night, but it always gets done. It's always something that I make sure to get done every day. But the first things first rule or principle has helped me to just stay on track, and make sure that I'm making progress every single day and that I'm actually getting my writing done. So the second principle that I live by is to create before you consume. So this means that before you check Facebook, check email, watch the news, go on social media, watch TV, you are doing something creative. You are using your creative energy. You are being creative in some way. You're writing, you're drawing, you're painting, you're whatever you do. You're doing that stuff first before you're letting the world 
seep into you. So you're actually creating from your own mind and your own opinion and your own ideas and your own inspiration and not being influenced by the outside world, by what's going on around you. Now, that's not to say that that's not important sometimes because the world around us is definitely a great inspiration. However, I've found over the years, and especially for myself, is that if I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is check Facebook or check email or watch TV, I become reactive to the things that are happening around me. And then I'm not acting from a place of intention. I'm acting from a place of responding to things that are happening, reacting to things that are happening. And that just isn't any good for my creativity. So create before you consume allows you to actually make sure that you are getting your creative work done before you're letting the world into yourself, into your subconscious, into your mind to now be able to stand in a place where you did the thing you want to do. You set your intention for the day and it's done now and you can actually now enjoy the things you're consuming and not have to worry about that getting in the way of you being creative. And another principle that I live by is to make space for what really matters. So this is something that we're going to talk about more, like I said, in the coming sections, but just to sort of mention it now because it is a principle that I operate by, and that is just making sure that, first off, you know what actually matters to you. What do you actually want to be doing every day? What are the passions, projects, interests, hobbies, etc., that you would like to have uh, as a part of your day every single day of your life? And of course, knowing that this may change because as a multi-passionate person, you may have times where certain hit interests and hobbies and things that you want to do are more important to you where other ones are sort of taking the back burner and then those ones will come back forward at some point and the other ones will go back. That's just the nature of being multi-passionate is that you change your mind sometimes and, and it's not a bad thing. So I think a lot of times we think it's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing to change your mind. It's totally fine. It's especially fine because you know that a lot of times our creativity with our projects, our passions, and the things that we're interested in have seasons. So you may really be into writing, you know, for six months a year, and then the rest of the year you're into painting and drawing, or maybe you're into, you know, other things. So it's just a matter of knowing what's important to you and knowing that this may change as you go. So for me, I like to check in on what do I actually want to be doing every day. I like to check in on that at least once a month maybe at least once a week if I can, but once a month at minimum. And it just allows me to make sure that I'm on track, that I'm in alignment with what I want, because the more I do that, the more I'm doing things that make me happy and that make me feel good and that create the energy that I want to have in my life. So what matters to you? That's what you need to figure out. And then you have to make space for it. And like I said, we're going to talk a lot more about this, but it's very important that you not just try to find time, because I think a lot of times we tell ourselves, well, I have to find the time for my writing. I have to find the time to do that project that I want to do. But the truth is, it's never about finding time because if you're trying to find it, you're never going to find it. It's always about creating it or making space for it. So you're actually saying that this is a priority for me. This is something that I want to do. And therefore, I'm going to find a way to fit it in and remove things that are maybe less important. Now, the choice is yours, of course. Um, but believe me when I say you'll regret not making the space for doing what matters to you. Um, that I can't stress that enough. And that's why it's a principle that I operate by because there was a long time in my life where I forced myself to choose one thing, to not do all the other things I wanted to do because I didn't see how it was going to get me anywhere or I didn't see what the bigger picture was for it. And so I just didn't let myself indulge in it. But for the most part, I've always indulged in all my passions and I've always been interested in lots of things and 
So for me, that's just been a principle that I now live by is that I make space for the things that matter when I'm not doing that. So, I mean, like I said, when I had a day job, there was times when I wasn't making space for all of the things. And now I do that. And it's a mandatory thing that I do. And I check in on it constantly because I want to make sure that I'm doing the things that matter. Because at the end of the day, that's all we have is the things that actually matter. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret that I never spent the time doing all the projects and interests and the passions that I had because I thought I had to choose one thing or because I didn't think I had time. It's no, I'm going to create my life around doing these things. And so that my life is me being able to be all the things that I want to be and have and do all the things I want to do. So that's just a way of operating and it is a mindset. So moving right into our next section is the mindset of being multi-passionate. So this is super important. And this is why I start with this early on, because honestly, if you don't have your mindset in the right place, the rest doesn't matter. Success is absolutely an inner game. And it comes down to what are you thinking? What are you believing? How do you feel about it? What actions are you taking because of those things? And so first thing you need to know is that it's okay to not choose one thing. So out in society, in the world, you're going to hear a lot of people talking about niching, and you're going to hear people talking about picking one thing and become an expert in something and, you know, focus yourself and do this one thing. But that doesn't mean you have to listen to that. That is just the norm for most people. But you are not most people. You are multi-passionate and you are born multi-passionate. And as a multi-passionate person, your soul actually dies if you don't do all of the things that you want to do. If you try to force yourself to just do one thing, you get bored, you don't feel like doing it, you get just sort of procrastinating or lazy because you don't want to just do one thing. It's boring. It's lame. It's just not who you are. And so you will procrastinate. You won't do the things and you'll never go all in on anything because you'll never just want to do that one thing. And so you're always going to be one foot in, one foot out or having a backup plan or trying to figure out what else you could do instead. So If you just allow yourself to not choose one thing and to indulge in all of the things that you want to do, you'll start to see that your procrastination just sort of goes away because you no longer want to avoid doing the things you want to do because you're giving yourself permission to not have to just do one thing. And then the other thing is that I truly believe that being multi-passionate is a gift and that it's a bigger calling and a purpose in life. And also that if you don't indulge in all the things you actually want to be doing and create all these projects and all this stuff, you're actually living less than what you actually are capable of. And it's basically the mediocre version of you. And that's not what you came here for. You didn't come to this world to be mediocre. You came here to be amazing, to do all the things you want to do, and to be this creative, unleashed artist, writer, creator, etc. So own that and allow yourself to be that person because it's okay. It's okay to not be like everybody else. It's okay to, you know, be different. It's okay to want to do all of these things. It's okay to be good at lots of stuff. So that's another thing. And I think a lot of multi-passionate people get sort of shamed for being interested in so many things or being good at so many things because people who aren't multi-passionate who aren't really good at lots of things, are just good at one thing mostly, um, they don't understand how you can be good at so many things. And this was something that I heard my entire life was, you know, I would try something and I would pick it up pretty quickly. Now, that's not to say I was amazing at it, but I was really good at learning and at picking things up fast, especially if I was interested in it or had a passion for it. So I would become good at it relatively quickly. And so then people would always say things like, 
you know, how are you good at so many things? And it's crazy. Like, it's so crazy. And, and it would just sometimes make me feel like there's something wrong with me. But the truth is there's not, it's just who you are. You are just multi-passionate. And as a multi-passionate person, it's just in you to pick things up quickly and to be good at lots of things. And that's okay. You're allowed to be whatever you want to be. And it doesn't have to just be one thing. So own this and just really allow yourself the permission to indulge in all the things, to try what's interesting to you, to, you know, test it out. Cause maybe you don't want to do it forever. Maybe you just want to try it. And then you're like, eh, I don't really care. But now you've tried it and you know, and you can move on to the next thing. And anytime I have something new that comes up for me that I want to try, I try it. And you will tend to find that there are going to be probably a handful of things that you bounce back and forth from. So for me, that's writing, that's personal style, it's food. And I do all of this stuff pretty much on a regular basis, having all of these things sort of in my life and incorporated into my life. But there were times where I wouldn't cook as much, or there were times when I didn't care about fashion as much, or, you know, times where I wasn't writing as much as I could have been. And so just know that, you know, again, there's seasons sometimes where things are more important at certain times of the year or at certain points in your life. And then you start to, you know, check out other things or do other things. And this is all okay. It's it's just something you're going to have to give yourself permission to do. And the more you do that, the more you're going to become who you really are. And again, this is a mindset. So it's a way of thinking. It's a way of looking at the world. And it's different than how most people look at it. It's different than how society talks about it, how they look at it. So you just have to know going into this that it's okay. You're allowed to be multi-passionate. You're allowed to do everything that you dream of, but that you also have to know that this will make you different and it will cause you to have certain things to deal with that other people don't like resistance. That's a much higher level because you've got so many different projects and things you want to do. And also having to learn how to be a finisher because when you only have one thing that you want to do, it's a lot easier to finish it than it is when you've got, you know, five, six projects that you want to do. So it's really learning how to own that skill and and become a finisher, which we'll talk more about as well. So just get yourself in that mindset of knowing that being multi-passionate is okay, that you're totally allowed to be all of the things that you want to be, to do all the things you want to do, and that it's okay. This for me was one of the most powerful things that I've done for myself. And it is absolutely the reason that I am in the place where I am now, where I've launched this Dream Life Robust business, this blog, this all these projects that relate to this Dream Life Robust idea. And it all came from me finally deciding that it was okay for me to be multi-passionate. It was okay for me to do all the things I want to do. And then actually taking all those things and putting them under one brand, because that's the ultimate goal is that you can do all of these things and that they still are all cohesive and they go together. So for me, it was just a mindset shift to finally accept that I can be who I really am and I don't have to be like everybody else and that it's okay. And really, it's more fun that way anyway. And I love being multi-passionate and I always have. So now rather than looking at it as a negative, I'm going to choose to look at it as a positive and to see that it allows me to have a life that I love, that's fun, that's creative, that's me indulging in all of the projects that I want to do and not holding back and not telling myself that I shouldn't do it and just enjoying the life that I came here to live. So that's what I love about being multi-passionate and that's why I'm explaining all this stuff to you because I want you to feel that same way. I want you to stop giving yourself a hard time for being multi-passionate, for not being able to choose one thing because it's okay. You don't have to. And 
the, the sooner you can realize that and give yourself the permission to be who you are, the happier, the more fulfilled, and the more just fun you're going to have in your life. Okay, so moving on to the next section, making space. So we talked a little bit about this in the beginning of this audio, but just to now go deeper on this topic. What is it that you dream of doing, being, and having? So here's an exercise that you can do, and you can do it right now if you want to. You can pause the audio, and you can do it right along with me as I explain it, or you can always feel free to go back later after you've listened to the entire training and go and and actually do the exercise at that point. Now, I recommend doing this exercise often. So I said that I do it once a month usually, sometimes more than that if I feel like I need to. So sometimes I'll do it every week or every couple of weeks. But please try to do this on a regular basis because it is important to make sure that you're staying in alignment, that you are doing the things you want to do, and that you're not getting pulled off track by all these other things that you don't actually care about. Because a lot of the times our lives are filled with these reactive things that we're doing that we don't really care about. And so we can actually remove that stuff and make space for the stuff we do care about. So the first thing is figuring out what it is that you actually want to make space for. So get a notebook or a journal, make a list of all the things you'd like to have space for in your day. Then you're going to create a separate list of your current responsibilities or the things that need to be attended to on a daily basis. So things like your kids, going to work, um, whatever else you might do, coach your softball team, etc. So just a separate list of Here are the things I would love to have in my day, and here are the things I need to be doing in my day, because you already know these are things that you have agreed to or that are commitments or that you've scheduled. So keep both of those lists. And then you're going to make a list of what you spend your typical day doing. Now, this is a separate list, so these are all separate lists. That's why I said to get a notebook. Kind of makes it easier if you can keep them all in one place. Or you can do this on like a computer file, whatever. And the idea here is that you're going to write down all the things you do on a typical day. So this is really just looking at where are there gaps or where are there things that cross over from the three lists. So it's what's your typical day look like? If you got up today, write down everything you did all day. Or at the end of the day, write down everything you did that day. And the idea here is, again, to compare the list and to see where you're making time for things that don't matter as much as things you'd love to be doing. Now you actually have to take some responsibility for making the space for these things that you say matter. So this may mean having to say no to other stuff that you would normally say yes to. It may mean you have to stop doing certain things that you're doing right now, like, for example, watching too much TV at night or not going to bed early or not staying up late enough. So maybe you have been going to bed too early and you could give yourself an extra hour to get your stuff done. Or maybe you sleep in too much when you could get up earlier in the morning completely up to you to decide what it is that you can stop doing or that you can move aside or do less often to make space for the stuff you actually want to be doing. But it is a responsibility for you to make that space because nobody's going to come along and tell you that it's time to make the space. No one's going to come along and make the space for you. So you have to decide that it's important enough to you to make the space for it now. Not in the future, not when you think you're going to have more time because it's truth is that you never will have the time because life is just going to keep getting in the way. So you have to be intentional and you have to say, I'm going to do this. I'm making the time and I'm going to give up other things that aren't as important to me in order to do that. So completely again, like I said, up to you to decide how that looks for you, but it's absolutely something you're going to have to do. 
So looking at that, so just kind of going deeper on the exercises, what do you need to let go of, release, or stop doing? So maybe you're spending two hours a week cleaning your house when you could hire someone to clean for you and spend those two hours working on your writing. Or maybe you're watching Netflix every single night for four hours when you could be dedicating at least half that time or more to your creative work instead. So it's really about what are you currently prioritizing that you shouldn't be? Where can you free up space for what matters? And what can you say no to or stop doing to just give you the freedom and the space to do the things you actually want to be doing? Now, this can be hard sometimes because it's like, well, I have book club every month, but I don't really like going that much because I'd rather be doing my other stuff. But I committed to it, but I don't really feel like it. Okay, well, it's okay to back out on commitments. It's okay to decide that this isn't something that you want to do anymore. And it's not a big deal. You can change your mind. You have permission to change your mind in life at any point. It's totally up to you. You get to decide it's your life. So don't let prior commitments, things you did want to do in the past that you don't anymore, don't let any of that stuff hold you back. Realize that you get one life and you get to design that life right now. And the way to do that is to create a life around the things you actually care about and want to be doing and not to look back on your life and to say you did all these things that other people wanted you to do and you sacrificed in the name of not doing the things you actually wanted to be doing. Because the last thing you want is to regret anything. Okay, so then moving on to time management. So time management is going to be super important when you are multi-passionate because if you have a lot of stuff you want to be doing, you have to be able to fit it all in and actually make progress. So it's important for you to know exactly how much time you'd like to have on any given day to do each of your passion projects or work on any of the hobbies that you have, etc. whatever it is you're wanting to make space for. So ideally, you would want a full day to do whatever you want, obviously. And that's the goal moving forward, that eventually you'd get to that point where you could just wake up and be you and do all these things you want to do every day and that you would get to decide everything, and it would all be on your terms. But as a starting place, you can work your way there from where you are right now. So you don't have to stress out. You don't have to think you should be somewhere else. You can absolutely get wherever you want to go in life from where you are right now. So that just means figuring out how much time you currently have to commit or free up for the projects and interests that you want to take into your life. So once you know how much time you have, then you can figure out how best to fit all this stuff in. So it could mean scheduling specific time for each project every day. It could mean choosing a certain day of the week where you're going to say, this is the day I work on this project. This is the day I work on that project. It could be giving yourself a big chunk of time on the weekend. Maybe you take a Sunday afternoon for three hours and that's the time you get to indulge in all the things you want to do, etc. It's completely up to you to decide how to spread your time out, how to do the things you want to do, and just knowing that it's up to you to make the time because it's not going to make itself. And this is a very important thing because, again, a lot of times in life we wait around for permission to do the things we want to do. We wait around for someone to tell us, you have permission to go do this now or you can go do this now. You have to give yourself permission because nobody is ever going to care about the stuff you want to do as much as you care about it. So it's time to own that. Okay, and now your new best friend, the timer. And you may have heard timer stuff before, but honestly, working with a timer is one of the best ways to be productive, to make progress on the things that you want to make progress on, and yet still have the time for everything. So it seems easy, but it really is the best way 
to make a difference in your productivity. So when I know I only have a certain amount of time to do something, I'm much more laser focused than when I know I have hours and hours of time stretching ahead of me. So I can often get more done in a 30 to 60 minute period than I can all day when I'm focused, when I'm intentional, and when I'm using a timer to basically allot the time that I need for each thing and to just give myself zeroed in focus. So the timer keeps me accountable, it keeps me focused, and it allows me to jump around from each project and actually make progress on each one. So I prefer to have time each day where I work on all of my projects. So that means that I might have shorter amount of time, so maybe 30 minutes, maybe 60, depending on which day, but for the most part, anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes for each project. Now, for me, that means that I'm using a timer if I'm feeling like I need to stay focused more, if I'm not able to just track myself on my own. I'm using the timer and it's just helping me to stay focused and also to just feel like I'm making progress on each item. Now, that does mean that each day I'm making a small amount of progress rather than huge leaps of progress, but it adds up over time. So for me, I feel that's the best way because I actually want to indulge in this stuff every day, but I don't necessarily want to have to do it for 30, 40, 50 minutes a day, 60 minutes a day, unless I want to. So I like the small chunks of time. It allows me to feel like I'm doing all the things I want to do, but I'm not having to get lost in them. Now, if I feel like I'm doing something and I'm just having a blast and I am excited about it and I want to keep going, then sure, I just keep going. I don't worry about the other stuff. I'll do it tomorrow. Um, But for the most part, I like to spread it out so that I can do my writing each day and I can work on, you know, my new blog every day and so that I can do stuff that I want to do as just fun stuff, you know, like going for walks or going to the park with the dog or, you know, just hanging out with my husband or going to dinner. So like having space for things like that, watching a movie, that's something that's very important to me because I love storytelling and I am working on a screenplay and I want to be a screenwriter and I want to, you know, be a good novelist. And so I constantly watch movies and I study story. So that's something I want to make time for every day is to be able to watch a movie. And so again, these are things that I'm basically allowing myself time for each day, but I'm giving myself shorter chunks of time so that I can have all of it in my day and not have to um, not get other stuff done that also has to get done. So I'm doing all of it. And the timer helps me a ton because I'm able to really focus in and know that, okay, I only have to do this for 30 minutes. So if it's something I've been avoiding for a project, again, creative people, especially multi-passionate creative people have a lot of resistance to doing things that they want to do, have a resistance to finishing things. And so it just keeps me accountable to, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes every day. And on the days I don't want to do it or I don't feel like do it, I'm still going to do it. It's only 30 minutes. I can handle it. And the timer helps me a lot with that. Okay. So moving on to tracking your progress. So when you are actually doing multiple projects, you're jumping around from, you know, project to project or passion to passion, it's important that you keep track in some way of what you're doing. Now, that doesn't mean you have to track every little thing, but it helps to have a list or a app that you use or some kind of a calendar or just something that allows you to know whether or not you've actually done something each day and whether or not you're moving forward. So I use the app Done. I've also used the app Don't Break the Chain in the past. These are both great apps because they allow you to track what you've been doing each day and I've got my top you know, five to six things that need to get done every day on there so that I can check it off as I go, and then I know it got done. And now it seems strange, like why am I writing down 
these passions and these projects I'm working on on this list? Like, shouldn't I just do them because I want to? Well, yes, I. that's exactly the reason to write them down, though, is because even though you want to do them, if you're not actually paying attention to whether or not you are doing them, you'll find that you have days and days go by where, oh, I didn't do that today. I didn't do that today. But when you're tracking it, it's more habit building and allows you to know, okay, I'm tracking this. So every day I'm doing my writing. Every day I'm watching a movie. Every day I'm doing whatever else you want to be doing. So as I go through my day, I check things off. I don't have set rules around how much progress has to be made each day. So for example, I'm not a writer who says I have to write a certain amount of words every day or I have to spend a certain amount of time. I just want to know that I'm working on each thing that's important to me at least once a day for a little while. So as much as I have the time for it is what I get done. And as long as I know that I'm being consistent and I'm working on it every single day in some way, I don't give myself a hard time about how much time I'm spending. That way I have the freedom to do what feels good to me, which means if I'm in the writing mood, I write longer. If I'm in the creative mood, I might create something, I might draw, I might paint, I might make something like jewelry or or some handcrafted thing. Um, Or I might just go outside and walk around and just take in the scenery and be creative by you know, just watching what's happening around me and coming up with ideas. So um, it depends on the day, but I allow myself to do the things that I feel like doing and just not giving myself a hard time about it as long as I know I'm getting stuff done every day. So as I mentioned, that having the app to track things or being able to track things allows you to actually make sure you're getting stuff done every day. Well, one of the best ways to make that even easier is to create habits around doing the things that matter to you. So this means creating habits around whatever you actually want to be spending your time on every day, even if it's things that seem strange. So making a habit to watch a movie every day, that seems strange because it seems like it should be really easy to do that. But you would find a lot of times that if you don't actually be intentional about it and, and make the space for it, you'll find that you don't have time to watch the movie every day like you want to because you have all this other stuff going on. So for me, I want to watch a movie every day. That's sort of one of my things. And so I try to make time for that. I don't have a set time where it has to be a certain time of day. So sometimes I watch one in the afternoon. Sometimes I watch one at night or late at night. It just really depends on my day and how things are going. But I'm building habits around doing the stuff that I want to be doing. And the reason that I do that is because then it allows me to know that that's going to get done every day. And it gets easier and easier to do the thing every day. And it actually helps with dealing with the resistance because when something is a habit, you do it automatically. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to stress out about it. You don't have to worry about making the space for it. It's just there. It's automatic. You do it every day. So for me, when I get up, I automatically grab my journal. I start doing my mindset work. I journal. I do freestyle writing. I write intentional statements of what I want to create. I come up with a list of 10 outrageously amazing things that I'm open to receiving that day. And then I move on with my day. I get up, I take the dog out, I eat breakfast, et cetera. But that's one of the habits that I built for myself a long time ago so that every morning I'm focusing my mind immediately upon waking so that I'm having myself creating the intention of what's energy that I want, what's the mindset that I want for the day, and that I'm not allowing anything around me to come into my space and make me reactive. So that's a habit that I built around something I wanted to be doing, which is mindset work and journaling first thing in the morning. So the truth is that habits actually create freedom. And I honestly wouldn't have believed that a year ago, but 
over the last year, I've worked really hard at building habits around doing the things that I want to do every day. And the more I've done that, the more I've actually seen that I'm super happy having that space every day for the writing, having that space every day for the movie, having the space every day for what other, you know, whatever other things I want to be doing. It's just allowing me that freedom to know that it's going to happen now. I I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to write in the morning because it's a habit. It happens every morning because I just do it automatically. It's the next thing I think of after I come in from taking the dog out. It's like, okay, I'm going to write now, or I'm going to, you know, write after I do my meditation. So it's like right around that time and first thing in the morning where I'm doing that habit of writing. And so I don't have to make space for it anymore. I don't have to think about it. It's automatic. It's just going to happen because it's there every day. So it actually brings you freedom and it allows you to be more consistent, which if you don't already know, consistency is one of the biggest pieces of being successful. It's not always about making major progress every day, but if you're being consistent and you're showing up every day and you're doing something by the time you look down the road, you're going to have actually created something and gotten somewhere just by being consistent on a daily basis. So something that's helped me a lot lately is having what I call the daily top five. So this was something I learned from a coach that I worked with, and she just mentioned that you come up with your top five. So it's basically what are the five most important things you want to do every day? Now, this is not the five most important things that have to be done that day. So this is not about other people's stuff. This is not about other things that are commitments and things you have to do. It's not about that. It's what are the top five personal things that you want to do every day? What are they? So here's another exercise that you can do is what is your daily top five? And you can have a combination of things you must do to keep moving forward in your life and business. And it can also be things that you would like to be adding into your life. So like the things we talk about making space for. So for me, my daily top five are to work on my fiction and nonfiction. So my books, it's to do sales at sales activity or promotional activities for my business, whatever I have going on. It's fitness of some kind. So 20 minutes of something, whether that's yoga, whether that's going to the gym or taking a class or just doing some body weight exercises at home. Then I have creating content for my business. That's a big part of something I do every day. And then doing at least one growth activity a day. So something that's going to grow my following, that's going to grow my visibility, that's going to grow my email list, that's going to grow my reach in my business. And then I do a daily money practice. So I actually have six. But the point is to think of what are the top five things you want to be doing that you actually care about, that you want to make space for, and then making sure that those are the things you now commit to building the habit around. So over the last few months, I've built a habit of doing fitness every day. So for the most part now, I'm doing something every day for at least 20 minutes, more days than I'm not. And it's a continuous process of just getting to the consistency that you want. But the more you do it, the more you'll start to see that it's easy. It feels easy. And then you don't have to think about it. It's just, oh, I'm going to work out because I do this now. This is what I do. It's a habit. So when you build the habits around your daily top five things, then you're going to know that even if you have to do all these other things, you have to go to work, you have to take care of your kids, you have to do whatever, your other stuff is still going to get done because it's now priority. You've made a top five thing and it's a habit that you're building. So yeah, it will cause you to make tough choices. You will have to decide how you're going to spend your time, where you're going to put your energy and your focus and what you're going to remove it from. But the most important thing is that you're always doing the stuff that moves the needle in your life and in your business if you own a business. Okay, so 
it's all great to hold ourselves accountable and to have self-set deadlines and all that stuff. But if you don't have some sort of support and accountability externally, it's very hard sometimes to make as much progress as you could. So it's really important that you find a like-minded friend or community or group of people that you can have in your life to support you on your journey. Like-minded means that they think like you do. So they may not be the exact replica of you, but they think in the same way that you do. They have a big dream. They have creative gifts that they want to do. They're also multi-passionate. They have a business too, whatever. It's completely to you to figure out what it is that you think that you would like to have people who think like you. But just know that no one does it alone. So don't waste your time trying. Get support. Get it early on. Because when you try to do everything yourself, it just becomes annoying. And sometimes it's just really lonely and boring. And you don't need that. It's more motivating to have a like-minded community that you have supporting you. Because when you have like-minded people around you, it pushes you to the next level. It motivates you. It inspires you. You're not going to be inspired if you're always by yourself all the time. So bring in some like-minded friends. Have a community surrounding you, whether this is a group on Facebook, whether it's an actual community group in your local community, or whether it's just one person that you check in with. So, you know, I have an accountability buddy, and I actually have several, but I have one specific one who I check in with on a regular basis pretty much every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And we're just always rooting for each other, always helping each other to, you know, jump jump off the ledge when we need to or talking us off the ledge when it's something we're not supposed to be quitting and you know just really being there for each other and it's helped immensely for both of us and we've both gone a million miles more than we would have without each other so having accountability is huge and having somebody who thinks like you do to be your accountability partner is also just so important and I would highly recommend you find somebody as soon as you possibly can And if you can't find somebody right now, just put it out there that that's what you're looking for. You know, write it in your journal that you're intending that you're going to attract your soulmate friend who's going to think like you do, who's going to be your support system and who you are going to support in return. And the more you do that, the more you are going to stay focused on finding that person and eventually you will find them. And sometimes it's in the weirdest ways. So my accountability partner came to me through my website, so my blog. So she, I met her back in 2012. She found me just by Googling. It was random. She came across an article that I wrote. She fell in love with what I had said and she connected with me and the rest is pretty much history. We've just been been friends forever now and we've been accountability friend of buddies forever now and we just have always been supporting each other and we've achieved so much amazing stuff and I know it's because we've done it together. So get yourself an accountability buddy. Now, another way you can be supported, and this is something that I'm working on now, is actually getting help that you pay. So you may not be able to do this right away, or maybe you will. It's going to be up to you to decide if you're ready for that point. And I feel like a lot of times we're not ready for it, but we need it. And so it it helps to actually figure out how we can make it work, because then we can actually free up the time to do the things that matter. So some of the ways that you can hire someone to help you and to support you is having a virtual assistant, having a social media assistant, so people to help you with your business or to do some of the work that you are needing to do but that you don't actually need to be doing yourself. A dog walker, so maybe somebody to walk your dog so you can free up some time to write or to do your creative stuff. A housekeeper, 
a cleaning person so that you can have somebody cleaning your house while you work on your stuff so that frees up time for you or using a delivery service. So this is something I do a lot is I will use a delivery service for my groceries so that I don't have to go to the grocery store and it allows me to free up a few hours on my Sunday where I can do other things instead. So hiring a team of people to support you is super important, especially as you continue going through just all the things you want to be doing in your multi-passionate creative life. And as you actually start to become an entrepreneur, if that's a direction you're going to go and make money from what you're doing, the more you do that, the more you're going to want to get support to actually continue yourself focusing on the things that matter. So this year, I have finally hired some team members for myself. I have a virtual assistant who helps with social media. I have a virtual assistant who helps with tech stuff. And it's just been amazing to get a lot of things off my plate, have people supporting me, and to feel like it's just I can focus more on the things that I actually want to be doing. And I know that I'm being supported in the background by the people who I've hired to help me. So those are some ways that I have freed up time for myself and just allowed me to have the support and accountability that I need to get my stuff done. Okay, so the next thing is focus and finishing. So one of the biggest reasons people will tell you to choose one thing is because people who are multi-passionate tend to jump around a lot. And that usually ends up in starting a bunch of projects, but then never finishing anything. And so people will tell you that you should choose one thing because then you'll finish it and you'll get it done. But the problem is, again, that you're multi-passionate. So you can't choose one thing. It's too hard. And so here are some things that help me to switch between my passions when I'm working on one thing and want to work on something else around the same time, or to help me finish and stay focused so that I actually not just start a project, but actually go all the way, finish it, publish it, get it out in the world, whatever I need to do. So this is just something that you have to keep in mind because if you are truly identifying as a multi-passionate person, if that resonates deeply with you, then you have the added responsibility to be disciplined and to learn how to finish what you start. It's just, there's no way around it because otherwise you'll never ever finish anything. You'll just constantly be starting things and starting things and starting things, but never actually getting anything finished. And if you never finish anything, then you never get it out in the world where people can enjoy it, where people could actually pay for it. And so it's super important that you learn how to finish and that you learn how to be disciplined around doing the stuff that matters and finishing what you start. So when you're switching between passions, so this is something for if you have multiple things you want to be doing in a day or in a set period of time. So how do you switch between them and stay inspired and not feel like you're ripping your brain out of one thing and putting it into another? Now, the thing to keep in mind a lot of times is that if you have creative stuff you're doing and then you've got more left brain stuff you're doing maybe, so maybe you are doing something like organizing or you're doing something like, um, you know, just your money practice. Well, these are definitely two different mindsets. And so I try to pair those things together. So the things that are more creative, I pair those together. The things that are more left brain, um, you know, strategy planning type stuff, I pair that stuff together. So that way I'm not switching between right and left brain all the time, but I'm doing the things that are left-brained at the same time or right-brained at the same time. So that helps a lot for me. Now, some other stuff that helps is, again, having a timer. So I know, okay, I'm going to set this timer and I've got 20 minutes to work on this project. And then when the timer goes off, I'm going to start the next project and work on that for 20 minutes. And that's how I'm going to do it. Um, You could also have set times of the day where you do certain things. So you could say your writing is in the morning 
your, um, you know, whatever other creative projects you do are in the evening. Maybe you're going to have like a sport that you play and you're going to do that in the afternoons. So just setting times of the day where you're going to do certain things. Or you can set certain days for certain projects. So you could say Mondays are for writing and Tuesdays are for, you know, uh, wiffle ball and Wednesdays are for swimming and Thursdays are for, um, you know, creating that blog that you want to create and Fridays are for, um, you know, whatever other art projects you have going on, et cetera. So it's giving yourself that, well, the time you're going to have each day, you're going to have a set day where you do certain things. Again, these are things you may have to try out to see what works best for you. Um, figure out what works best for you and do that because you're going to actually stick with it if it works for you and you feel good about it versus forcing yourself to do it because you think you should or because other people do it that way. So find what works for you, try these things out, and then go from there. Something else that helps between switching and staying inspired is taking a break. So I'll do one project, I'll take a break for five to 10 minutes, I'll come back and do the other one. So I had that break period to sort of sort of a wind down my mind from the project I was just working on and then get myself inspired and ready to go on the next project. So that helps a lot too. Um, and then inspiration jump starters. So this is things like a writing exercise or it's reading a blog post that's inspiring or, you know, reading a section of a book that's inspiring or watching, you know, a quick clip of something that's inspiring on YouTube. Maybe there's tons of inspirational videos, but just looking for how can I jumpstart my creativity and just doing that stuff as a way of getting into your creative session. Um, you can also set intentions. That helps me a lot too, is to just set an intention for what I want to have happen during that session. So I might say things like, I'm going to write this blog post in 20 minutes. It's going to be freaking awesome. And the right people are going to find it when it gets published. And that's it. I just make a simple intention. I sit down and I write and I use the timer. And that allows me to do that. And then when the timer's up, I can switch to the next thing and I can say another intention set something else that I want to do, and then move on to that project. So that is switching between passions. And then obviously the next part is finishing. So this is staying focused long enough to actually finish something. So first of all, you must have an overview of all of your projects, how long you're going to need, and all of that. That's just a given. Without knowing that, it's going to be really hard to finish because you're not going to know what it is that you have to be doing in order to get something to go all the way and be done with it. Next is tracking your progress. So we mentioned this earlier, but tracking your progress is going to allow you to actually stay focused and continue and actually finish something. Because if you have no idea how you're progressing, it's hard to know if you're done or not. So if you're tracking something, then you know how much work you still have left to do, what other things are still on your plate for that one project. And then of course, you know when you've gotten to the end. So as I've worked through the list of all the things I needed to do to get ready for launching Dream Life or Bust, I worked through each piece, I crossed stuff out, and by the time I had everything crossed out, I was ready to go. It was launch day, and the site was officially out into the world. But I wouldn't have known what had to be done, or I wouldn't have been keeping track if I didn't write that stuff down and then make sure that I kept looking at it, so checking in with it and all of that. Having rewards is an, a great way to force yourself to finish things, so it's give yourself a a reward. So for me, I buy my favorite bottle of champagne a lot of the times because I just think it's fun and it's something I do purposely for celebration. And so I bought a bottle of champagne for when I finish getting everything done for the Dream Life Bus site, then I can drink the champagne as a way to celebrate. So that was something that I did for myself. And I do that with a lot of things. So when I wrote my first novel back in 2008, 
I was very close to finishing, about two weeks or three weeks out, bought myself a bottle of champagne, kept it in the fridge, and that forced me to finish early, actually. So I actually sped up my writing process and got it done faster so that I could drink the champagne. That was my reward. So what reward can you come up with for yourself so that you can actually feel like you want to finish something and that it's going to excite you because you're going to get this reward when you do? And then, of course, the actual reward of finishing the project and feeling really good that you did that. Um, Okay, being outcome focused, super important. So if you know what the outcome is that you want to achieve, so whether that's launch the blog or it's finish the book or publish it, whatever, once you know that, you can stay focused on the outcome and constantly going back to, am I there yet? What else do I need to do? So again, it's kind of a check-in process. And then a little every day. So if you want to be a finisher, it helps to actually make it easier on yourself if you do a little every day instead of trying to do huge chunks at random times. So you're better off 10, 15 minutes a day if that's all you've got than you are trying to find an hour in your week somewhere. Because what happens with big chunks of time is that a lot of times you'll procrastinate. You'll get there and you'll tell yourself, well, you know, I have a whole hour. I don't need to spend the whole hour, so I'll do something else in the meantime. And the next thing you know, you didn't do the thing you wanted to do. So having that less time and doing it every day is actually better and easier than trying to find a big chunk of time to do something. And the daily working on something allows you to finish and to continue with the progress. And then when you're very close to finishing something, so let's say you have a book that you want to get out, you set a deadline for it. Well, now you want to make sure that you actually get it done. So when I'm very close to being finished with a project or when I know that something has a deadline that's coming up, I will shift my focus completely to that project for a temporary period of time and get it done. So that means that I will take a few days off or a week off, whatever I need, from doing all of the other projects every day and just focus on the one. So for example, with the Dream Life or Bus Site launch, I was focused on a lot of other projects before that, and now I was moving all that focus to the Dream Life or Bus Site so that I could get that done and I could get it out by the deadline that I set for myself. And so that allowed me to just shift my focus. And again, it was only temporary. So I didn't have to feel like, oh, I'm not going to get to do those things I want to do anymore. No, I'm still going to do those things. It's just for a temporary period of time, I'm focusing on this one project so that I can take it all the way and get it out into the world. And that's sort of my way of forcing myself into finishing. So that's really, really important key thing to do for yourself. And If you're finding that you have a hard time finishing, if you never finish the things you start, there's something else going on. So maybe journal on it. Maybe just ask yourself, get your journal and ask yourself, why don't I finish things? Or what gets in my way of finishing? Or what stops me from finishing? And just freestyle right on it and see what comes up. Because the more you go in on these things and the more you go inward on these things and you ask yourself questions and you dig around inside and you figure out what it is that's really going on inside of you, is going to make it much easier for you to understand why you're not finishing things or why you haven't in the past so that you can bust through that shit and actually finish things now. Because again, these are just patterns that you've had and it doesn't mean that you have to have them forever. So you can absolutely change a pattern that you've had. You can absolutely be different by choosing different actions and thinking in a different way. Okay, and then the last thing that I wanted to cover is dealing with haters or detractors. So This really doesn't have to do with productivity necessarily, but I wanted to throw it in there because especially as a multi-passionate person, 
you will get more haters or detractors than other people because of the fact that there are people out there who have a hard time accepting that there are people who cannot choose one thing. So I can't tell you how many times I've gotten emails from people telling me that I need to stop trying to do so many things and I'm going to burn out and I need to stop trying to be all these things and I should let other people do that stuff and I should only focus on the thing that I'm the best at and I should stay in my zone of genius and blah, blah, blah. I truly believe my zone of genius is being multi-passionate. It's being who I am, which is a multi-passionate creator, writer, artist, entrepreneur, etc. And I think that that's true for you too. That multi-passionate people, our zone of genius is being multi-passionate. It's indulging in all the things that we're good at and that we want to do. So accepting that just allows you to continue moving forward even when things like haters or detractors pop up in your life or in your business. So you've heard it before and you're going to hear it again. Haters going to hate. Like That's just how it is. But that doesn't mean you have to let it stop you. It's really just a part of putting your stuff out there. So I like to see haters as a good thing. I like to see it as a challenge and it always pushes me to a new level in my life and in my business and in my creativity because I want to show them that they don't know what they're talking about, that I am going to push through, that I'm going to do the things I want to do and I'm not going to let anybody stop me. And so the haters that I've dealt with in my course of my business and the course of my life have always pushed me to the next level, have always been fuel for me to go bigger and to be greater and to achieve more levels of success. So if you can look at haters and detractors in that way, it changes everything. And this is very important because you can't take it personally. If you start taking the haters, the detractors personally and acting like it's a personal attack on you, it's going to stop you in your tracks. It's going to stop you from doing what you want to do. It's going to stop you from finishing. It's going to stop you from putting your stuff out there because you're going to think that it's an attack on you when it's really not. So you can't take it personally. Point blank, haters never actually hate you. They actually hate themselves or they hate something in themselves that they see in you because they want to be doing it and they're not. So it's never about you. It's always about the other person and what they have going on internally. And once you get that, you can stop seeing it as an attack on you and you can actually sort of empathize for them being that way. Not saying that the, what they're doing is right or that you should agree with them or any of that stuff. I think haters just need to go get a life. That's really what I think. But you, we can't change the way people act. And so if you know that it's not personal, if you know that you don't have to take it personally, it's going to make it easier for you to handle it and to keep going. And that's really what matters is that you don't let it stop you. And then the final thing would just be triggering others. So when you're out there shining your light, doing your thing, putting your gifts out there, sharing your talents, acting your passions, whatever you are doing in the world, creating your art, you're going to trigger somebody. It's just a given. And trigger just means that somebody sees something in you that they want to be doing. Maybe you're doing something that they want to do, or you're living in a way that they want to live, but they're not brave enough to actually do it yet. So you trigger them. And this may cause them to make rude comments or to be a hater or any of that stuff. And just know again that it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you trigger somebody. People actually have to be triggered. It's it's really a part of their growth process. So when someone gets triggered, it's because they're are meant to be doing something that they're not doing. 
And so the trigger is supposed to be a reminder to them or a message to them that says, hello, this is something you are supposed to be doing too. So when you see somebody out there living the creative dream, doing all the stuff they want to be doing, and it bothers you or it makes you think that, you know, oh, I want to be doing that. Well, that's just a sign, again, that you should be doing that stuff too. That's something that's of interest to you, that something you want to be doing, but it's not your fault if you trigger somebody else. So you have to keep shining. You have to not let it be a reason to play small or to not live the life that you dream of. Because again, at the end of the day, the only thing that ever matters is what you want to do, what you want to create for yourself and the life that you want to live. So no matter what happens, keep moving forward on your creative stuff. Keep pushing through the resistance. Keep pushing through the procrastination and get your projects done. Get them out in the world and spend the time doing the things you love that you want to be doing and make the space for what matters because all you have is now. The past is over. The future isn't here yet. So take that chance today to just do all the things you want to do. And the more you do that, the happier you're going to become, the more fulfilled you're going to become, and the more you're actually going to become the finisher, artist, entrepreneur, writer, creator that you have always dreamed of being. Thank you so much for listening to this training. I hope it was super helpful for you. I hope that the workbook helps you to actually be more productive, get more stuff done, make more space for the things that matter to you. And I would love to hear what you thought, how it goes for you. So please feel free to send me an email to jennifer at dreamliferbuffs.com. I cannot wait to hear how it goes for you. And I will catch you next time.